Welcome to our show, Holding Ground. My name is Laura Richer. I'm a psychotherapist and the owner of Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. Each week, I'm joined by another therapist from the Anchor Light team to tackle important topics in mental health and psychotherapy. Our goal is to promote well being by normalizing mental health challenges. We are here holding ground for you every Tuesday morning at 9 30 a.m. on KKNW. Good morning. You are listening to Holding Ground, the show that brings a little bit of everything in the realm of positive mental health and psychotherapy every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. here on KKNW and anywhere you stream podcasts. My name is Michelle. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and the clinical director at Anchor Light Therapy Collective in Seattle, Washington. And today I'm joined by my co-host, Brenda Gill, who is also a licensed psychotherapist at Anchor Light. Good morning, Brenda. I always love hosting with you. Thank you. Good morning, Michelle. Um, I'm really excited to be here today. I think we've got a great topic for our listeners today. Today, we're going to be talking about stonewalling and how this style of communication can derail uh, the opportunity to have good and effective communication with your significant other and maybe in other relationships in your life as well. Perfect. Yes, this definitely comes up a lot in uh, the work with couples that I see. This is a very natural response to uh, conflict when that comes up. Um, So real quick reminder to our listeners, you can find us all over social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, and LinkedIn. And we are very excited to announce that we have our new location open down in Uptown. So you can find our location information on our website, anchorlighttherapy.com. And we also have new therapists. We are expanding our team. So we have lots of folks available to take a, a complimentary consultation and Uh, meet you and maybe see if it's a good fit and you can join us here at this location. So Brenda, jumping in, can you start by defining stonewalling? What is this? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, it's a style of communication. Uh, However, it's not a very healthy and productive method of communicating. And so some people might, might experience stonewalling when the amount that they can tolerate during an, a discussion or argument is become overwhelming. And so stonewalling can almost be a protective mechanism to manage some of the discomfort uh, that's, that's happening in that interaction. It can um, help a person maybe disconnect. Um, and so there's some emotion regulation that's uh, maybe becoming challenging in that interaction. And so this person is just you know, physically there, but maybe not mentally engaged in that conversation anymore. Um, Some people describe it as the fear of, oh my gosh, if I say something, it's just going to make it worse. And so they're there Mm -hmm. in the room, but they're not really uh, able to engage in a productive conversation anymore. Yeah. 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 They go into emotional brain, right? When they get overwhelmed mm-hmm. by conflict and then some people, right, get really amped up and other people withdraw, right? And shut down mm-hmm. and, you know, that can really derail uh, communication. So, and we'll talk about that more, but yeah, this again, shows up a lot in couples, right? It can be, like you said, physically present, but emotionally not present, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also sometimes we'll see this by, you know, oh, my spouse got really upset and he just left the room and I didn't know mm-hmm. when he was coming back. And so it can also be a physical removal, but yes, the emotional yeah. piece, uh, absolutely too. Yeah, yeah. but I, both, you know, whether it's I'm staying there and no longer engaging or I'm needing to walk away, there's some type of emotional um, feeling of being overwhelmed that's happening. and so 
this happened that this can happen in any type of relationship. It's not necessarily something that we see in just, you know, toxic or very unhealthy couples. Uh, often it's because there's some communication skill that's missing, or maybe there's some insecurity or there's some barrier to being able to really, uh, it, respond to the partner. Uh, sometimes we also see this happening in what we call a complementary relationship, where one partner can be uh, a pursuer, maybe they tend to be very critical, and then the stonewallers might be the, the person that distances themselves, right? Again, maybe they're feeling overwhelmed by actual or maybe just perceived criticism from the, the other person. And so, again, this can happen in, in any relationship, uh, whether it's chronic or maybe every just every once in a while based on on the topic or maybe the level of stress right again it has to do with how much a person might be able to tolerate yeah yeah where i see the stonewalling in particular as a response to criticism um a lot of times uh you know i've had clients before where they feel criticized right and it reminds them of growing up when they always got in trouble and so maybe their current uh partner is not actually criticizing but it feels like that because feel feedback can even feel like that so that's a really big one in terms of when stonewalling will present i'm being criticized i'm just gonna shut down because i just i i can't take this i don't have the emotional regulation to handle feedback or yeah. criticism. Exactly. Right. And so again, there's maybe some, some skills that are missing there, whether it's to communicate or maybe some emotion regulation, right. And on, on either side, right. We'll say uh, maybe from, from the partners that's stonewalling or the, or the other person. Um, and so sometimes, yeah, as you, you mentioned that it could look like partner walking away. Um, sometimes there's also just lack of eye contact. So really kind of uh, showing that I, I disconnected, which unfortunately can make a, the, the pursuing partner more intense right because they're like why why aren't you responding to me right and there's frustration that could come with that and maybe that even increases the criticism which you know unfortunately won't uh really change the stonewalling if anything it worsens it right or it really leads to the person needing to walk away at that point and then unfortunately the other person could feel like wow you know i, I uncared for and and all of that and we will talk a little bit more about the impact on on the partner in a, in a moment actually Right, right. So and you touched on the physical um, cues, right, that somebody is sto starting a stonewall. We talked about the emotional ones. And real quick, can you talk about the difference between intentional uh, stonewalling and unintentional? Yeah, I'd like to say that stonewalling is most often unintentional. Again, it mm -hmm. comes as a response of feeling overwhelmed. Maybe it's that lack in communication skills, or maybe it comes from uh, a person that's so used to just problem solving. And when they're hearing all the, this maybe emotional language or communication from their other, their other partner, they just don't know what to do with it, right? And so again, maybe that can lead to them feeling overwhelmed. So, you know, most commonly we, when we see this in a couple, it is unintentional at almost takes them coming into couple therapy to realize, oh, that's what's happening um, in the relationship. However, sometimes it could be uh, intentional. So maybe there's this particular topic, again, maybe something that tends to hit an on an insecurity and people can engage in stonewalling to try to avoid this type of uh, conversation. And so 
it could be that they've learned that, oh, this is an effective mechanism for me avoiding this conflict. And so they just continually walk away or maybe try to um, shut down the other partner that's bringing up the concern. Um, you know, in some rare cases, it could turn into a form of trying to control their partner and what's safe to talk about or not talk about in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And, you know, with especially this unintentional piece, right, understanding how this might be working in the brain is interesting. And what happens, like, if I feel like you're criticizing me or conflict is just becoming too much, right, and that emotional flooding, our brains kind of go into that fight, fight, or freeze mode, right? This is an anxiety-provoking situation. It feels dangerous in some sort of way, right? Most of the times, emotionally dangerous. Um, and, you know, somebody, my partner, right, is going to to say something that I, I just can't handle, right? So at first, you know, the stonewalling very much can look like our brain is going into freeze mode, right? You just, you know, kind of like play dead there for a minute, right? Because mm -hmm. you're just so overwhelmed. And then most people um, will then go into flight, right? I'm just going to leave the room. I have to get out of here, which is actually, and we'll talk about, um, you know, ways of working with this in a second, right? But fleeing sometimes is the appropriate response. There's just ways of uh, doing it better. Um, and then this can put our partner into that fight brain, right? Why aren't you talking to me? You know, now I'm going to yell and become louder because you're obviously not listening. And so like you were saying earlier, Brenda, it, it perpetuates the cycle, right? So if you're stonewalling me, suddenly I feel invisible, ignored, unimportant, right? So again, I'll yell because I feel unheard. I'll sue you. So maybe I'll chase you into the other room. Maybe I'll start knocking on the door. Sometimes we'll see this a lot with texting, right? Are you coming out of there? When are we going to talk, right? <laughs> you know, what time are you going to be home? Um, we need to fix this. And, you know, this is how I feel. And that pursuing uh, digitally too is just, uh, it will keep your partner in the stonewalling and probably won't answer you for a while. So keeps both of you active in the cycle of conflict because you're, you're pushing each other's buttons. Yeah, yeah. And again, this can become something chronic, right? Because if this cycle starts to, you know, continues to be fed, right, it, it, there's no, if there's no resolution, um, the concern is never addressed, then maybe the partner that felt ignored right now has maybe more resentment. And so when the concern comes up again, now it's even more intense. And so it could be that now the stonewalling is happening more uh, frequently. And again, it could be because folks, you know, they, as you mentioned, sometimes in childhood, right, we see conflict, we, we deal with difficult situations, and so that can make us conflict avoidant. Um, and so, and, and maybe not equip us with the skills to, to solve and, and, and navigate that conflict. And so stonewalling, once again, you know, shows up as a coping mechanism in, in those cases, but unfortunately can just make the conflict worse and uh, stretch it out for longer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great point. What we're uh, what is taught to us when we're young, right? We we tend to adopt those things. So if we see conflict uh, in the home in general, that can just be too much for a kid, right? They'll shut down because that feels like the best thing. I'm just going to kind of make myself invisible right now. I'm going to get out of here because this is too intense. I don't want to get in trouble, right? Um, so if and then also if our parents or caregivers are modeling poor conflict, right? What if they're yelling and the other one always storms off into the other room? We learn okay, this is how I handle conflict. If I don't like it, I get out of here, right? I ignore my partner. I make them feel invisible. And that, that's the best strategy, which of course we know is not. 
Yeah, yeah. So sometimes when I when I work with folks where uh, stonewalling is showing up, that's those are some of my uh, assessment questions for them to figure out. You know, how was conflict dealt with in the home as they were growing up? Um, to understand like what skills are, are there available to them? You know, what models are there? Um, also, just you know, what what has been the outcome of, of conflict so that I can better understand maybe how they're they're perceiving uh, the conflict. And again, it can even happen in relationships where couples have great uh, uh, friendships and and really want to be working as a team but uh if if some communication skills are lacking to to just really listen to the concerns uh without becoming overwhelmed or without taking a break right when things are getting uh too heated or too overwhelming um then you know unfortunately uh stonewalling can make some of those conflicts uh worse and eventually push push partners away even if they've got you know pretty good foundation yeah yeah, I mean, exactly. Assessing in the beginning of working with a couple, um, you know, you and I definitely do that to identify areas that of improvement. And, you know, I think I hear on every consultation, Brenda, and every first session with folks, and you probably do too, uh, you know, our number one goal is to improve communication. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the things that keeps people really stuck. And, you know, sh- showing that and working with couples and improving this. And it's just some minor tweaks that you have to do when this comes up for yourself, Um, you know, and teaching skills like that. And it really can improve things. So yeah, this is, this is um, definitely one that I see all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And even the, the Gottman uh, Institute speaks about this. They, they've identified that stonewalling is the fourth horseman. And so um, there's this idea of a four, four horsemen that represent negative uh, communication styles in a relationship and stonewalling is the fourth one. Uh, for each of these horsemen, the Gottmans have identified antidotes. So things that you can do to combat these negative com- communication styles. And so for stonewalling in particular, they suggest that folks take a break, um, you know, to, to self-soothe. And they recommend that this be for at least 20 minutes um, based on the research on how long it takes to physiologically uh, come back to, to a place of, of calm where you can re-engage in a conversation and be more constructive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, so it has that element of I need to leave right now. I need to remove myself from that the situation, which is spot on, because if you're getting to the point of uh, stonewalling, right, you know, you know, you're overwhelmed. There's just there's nothing really left for you to, um, you know, really be able to have a productive conversation, a compassionate conversation at that point, because you're totally an emotional fight, fight brain. Right. So uh, emotional reasoning and caring about, you know, others, that sort of thing, our brain shuts down. It's just, okay, how do I survive in this situation, right? So taking that break, uh, Brenda, um, let's talk about that a little bit more. So first of all, um, you know, most folks can tell, right? And we practice uh, teaching couples, uh, get it more in tune, right? What's happening for you during conflict? Pay attention to what your responses are, you know, what the triggers might be, because that's a way we can work with that. Um, but another way of doing it, sometimes people aren't able to catch it in their brains sometimes. So we can physically test to see if we're getting emotionally flooded, emotionally overwhelmed. Um, so just by taking your pulse. So most people, their resting heart rate is about 80. Um, if you are uh, an 
athlete, your resting heart rate is a little bit more than that. So knowing what your resting heart rate is, is really important. Um, and then taking your pulse. So anything, when you get to like the hundred range, that's your body saying, all right, this is too much, right? Mm -hmm. So that that's a helpful thing for folks sometimes if they're not emotionally aware uh, to catch themselves. So, you know, in the past we would teach like, oh, you know, touch, you know, uh, an artery, right? Like on your neck, like just feel that. But so many people also now have these digital watches <laughs> that uh, take their pulse as well. Um, I'm not that cool yet to have one of those, but I hear they're great. Um, so that's a way of being able to tell, okay, it might be time to take a break. So um, Brenda, yeah, what, what do you want to say more about the taking a break piece? Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly. So kind of taking responsibility for yourself uh, is what I was hearing from you, Michelle, right? Like noticing, okay, what are my, what are my triggers? What are my physiological and emotional signs that I'm getting overwhelmed? And so <clears throat> once an individual recognizes that, they can call a timeout. Um, it's really important that the partner respect this timeout um, because it's going to be beneficial for, for both of you. It's going to get you closer to the goal of being able to have a constructive conversation. And so uh, the you can even decide on a signal. Um, I we recommend that couples mm. figure this out before a conflict even starts so that you can mutually agree on what the sign to stop is. Um, and then as we mentioned, at least taking a 20 minute break um, in that time, you wanna do something that's distracting, something that takes your mind off the conflict um, so that you can effectively soothe. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, maybe Michelle, do you, do you have any uh, examples of, of what some of your clients do within that uh, self-soothing time um, sure, to take yeah. their minds off that conflict? Yeah, so this is a time for distraction. We This is a time we promote scrolling on social media, watching TV, also exercise, whatever it is that really helps you distract yourself from you know stressors that are going on. So because if we go and take our break and we're sitting there, oh gosh, I'm so mad. I can't believe she said that, you know, uh, I, you know, just really staying in that the rumination and the focusing on the conflict will um, keep us there, will keep us emotionally escalated. We won't be able to self-soothe. So, so we need to be doing something else, whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, right, um, this can make the partner uh, feel, um, you know, even more upset, um, you know, um, but what we want to do to help that upset, so our partner is not chasing us down, right? Not, not questioning when we're gonna come back to the um, conversation, let your partner know. So this is all you have to do really to really change this for your partner. Let your partner know, hey, this is really important to me. This is you know, a conversation I wanna have. I can see it's meaningful to you or it's meaningful to the relationship, right? So I need to go take a break and put a time limit on it. So let your partner know, I need 20 minutes. I need three hours, right? We don't necessarily ever want to go into the next day, um, but let your partner know how much time you're going to need and say, you know, and then you're going to come back to the conversation after that, when you're both more calm, you know, that rational brain kicks back in. We can, you know, say and do things that um, we're not going to regret later. Um, so, and then your partner knows, okay, we're returning to this. This reduces their anxiety about that. Um, 
I'm curious for you, Brenda, as we're talking about this relationship between stonewalling and then the more anxious partner, right, the pursuer, mm -hmm. but what have you seen in uh, couples where both are stonewallers? Have you seen that? Mm, this might just lead to avoiding, right, so there's mm -hmm. gridlock, right, um, and so I think everything that you described, Michelle, about taking a break still counts for those couples, right? The, the ones where both of them, right, maybe distance themselves. Um, and so after they've taken that break, we do teach a few other tools. I think myself in particular, I'll go back into some Gottman communication tools to show them how they can start to re-engage and how they can slow down their conversation to avoid escalation and make it a little bit more safe and more clear. Um, some of the options that they, uh, the, these, um, actually, you know, not even just the, the, the Stonewall or Stonewaller couples, but any couple that's experiencing um, is, is stonewalling, some options that are available to them is to try the conversation again, they can table it, or they can choose to just drop the subject if they notice, you know, because sometimes it happens where it's like, why are we even arguing about this? Mm -hmm. why, why did that even come up? Right? Mm -hmm. it might just be some simple miscommunication that occurred. Um, mm -hmm. And so those are typically the options that I'll, that I'll uh, provide for clients. And again, giving them the communication tools so that they can start over um, and, and start from a more calm place, which will limit uh, how escalated the conversation um, becomes and, and mm -hmm. it increases the capacity to listen to each other. I think when people are looking for communication tools, a lot of the time it's just listening tools. Yes, exactly. How how to be an active listener, how to engage, how to ask questions specifically. Um, if we have questions for clarification, right? I want to understand where you're coming from more. I'm not jumping in and telling you my point and my per, uh, perspective. So yeah, absolutely. That That's really great. And you know, anytime you work on these communication things, you know, it, it can be, some couples are uh, less willing to sometimes give in to their negative communication style. So I'm a stonewaller and you're saying she's anxious. I have to tell her that I'm going on a break. Yes, you do. Let her know that. And, you know, anytime you feel like, oh gosh, I'm giving in in some way or compromising in some way in my relationship, you know, it's about valuing your partner, but overall you do these things because you value the relationship. And that's a point we want to get to where both partners really value the relationship and make choices like these um, for the betterment of their relationship. Exactly. Now that they have this, this shared goal, right, to improve the relationship. And so they'll be open to respect each other's limits and, uh, and acknowledge the, the needs um, from moment to moment, especially with communication, right? Give each other the mm -hmm. opportunity to come back and, and be a, more available, right, for, to, to listen to those concerns. Yep it's an opportunity for both partners to take their piece of responsibility in the oh, conflict, yes. which is always everyone's favorite part. <laughs> I didn't um, have a responsibility there. Well, you did, right? If you yeah. showed up to the conflict with some sort of uh, negative words or actions, right? They're 
you had some sort of responsibility there. And again, it's not saying you're right, I'm wrong. It's we always have responsibility for what we bring into any situation, but particularly mm -hmm. uh, conflict. So, mm -hmm. well, you know, Brian, I have to say, um, it's great that you and I have worked through our stonewalling relationship. I'm really seeing that improve <laughs> uh, how we work together. Um, no, of course, we're joking, but you know, that it just shows that these things can show up in the workplace. These things can show up in family um, and friendships. Um, so it's really good to practice whether you're in a relationship or not. Yeah, absolutely. I know that in, in past relationships, I've had partners that are pursuers where they just want to talk about an issue right there and then, and then mm -hmm. I can't put my thoughts together. So ultimately I start saying things I don't mean because I'm just being interrogated and asked for an yeah. answer. I'm feeling so overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And obviously, right, that there is nothing constructive that came from that. And perhaps not even honest. So it's really important to give folks time, especially if they, they have different processing speeds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if I'm pursuing you, um, that can feel, you know, on a biological level, uh, there's some sort of threat here, right? So I have to wow. like throw an arrow um, at you, right, to defend myself. So that might be, a, you know, uh, a criticism or a put down or some sort of action where we're slamming doors or that sort of thing. Um, so, um, you know, again, really able to, you know, soothe yourself and get out of these things is, is very, very important. So, um, well, anything else you want to share with our listeners today, Brenda, about stonewalling? No, well, you know, we hope that um, this uh, talk today was helpful and provided some information on what it can look like. Of course, again, it differs from person to person, um, depending on what that fight or flight response might look like, um, but that there are ways to, to, to navigate it, right? There are ways to improve uh, this communication styles to help you come closer to your, your partner, you know, significant other, family member, colleague, you know, whatever it is. Um, so it is possible. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the last thing I would want to say about this is, you know, folks can fluctuate between uh, negative communication styles and conflict. So maybe you're not always a stonewaller, but pay attention to when you are and what's coming up for you that is uh, triggering that response um, compared to um, if I'm being defensive or critical, you know, the other ways that conflict can break down. What's coming up for me that's causing this, right? Because then we can try to start focusing on, you know, specifically soothing the trigger and hopefully maybe even avoiding the conflict overall. So um, tall order, but it is possible. Um, so Brenda, it was so nice to host with you again. Hopefully we will get to do this again soon. Um, so thank you to everyone who listened today. We're very appreciative of our listeners. As a reminder, you can tune in every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW and anywhere you stream podcasts. Thank you, Michelle. It was great talking with you today. Thanks for tuning into Holding Ground. You can hear us here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 a.m. on KKNW. I'm Laura Richard, Anchor Light Therapy Collective. Find us online at anchorlighttherapy.com. And we'll see you next week.